0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and I am proud to study with you together the chapter 24 of the second book of Samuel. This is the final chapter of the book of Samuel, <coughs> which, comprised, which has been divided into two. So we have the first and the second books, <coughs> although it's all actually one book. And this last chapter... Is really, uh, you know, the, the way I understand this, and um, it's really meant as a rejoinder for the hint of arrogance that we heard in David's song that began the last chapter 23. In the last chapter 23, David spoke <coughs> of the tremendous greatness that he had achieved, the level of being <clears throat> the leader over the people, <coughs> ordained by God to rule justly, etc. So if that gets a little bit to your head, this following chapter is what happens as a result. <coughs> and David was humbled by this is what happened. A, a leader is not just a light, a sun, which brings, like he described last time, a sun, which brings uh, you know, a light and, and, and growth, and like rain, which brings the grass in the fields and all these wonderful ideas, <coughs> but it also entails a tremendous amount of responsibility and when that arrogance gets to the head of the king the people suffer because of it even innocent people suffer because of bad decisions that a leader makes and david is about to learn that lesson when understood within this context this chapter makes a lot of sense and it makes a lot of sense as to why <coughs> excuse me as to why as to why the book of samuel ends with this note in order to show us the the humbling so to speak of david to learn his lesson. So it says, The anger of God um, uh, became increased even more against the people of Israel again. It's not clear exactly what the anger was. Uh, It would seem that it it may have been some kind of hunger, uh, a famine of some sort. Um, And uh, we've had a famine mentioned before so this was another one exactly when this happened during the timeline of David's career is not mentioned but it's mentioned in the book as a pair to chapter 23 for the reason which I described before um, to show that you know what happens when a king thinks too much of himself so by by at David Bahem Laymar and um, he, and david became um uh, 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 convinced or uh, uh, or pushed right uh, to uh, uh regarding the people saying <laughs> Lech et Yehuda. go out and count the people of Israel and the people of Yehuda." now the traditional commentaries uh and the traditional understanding of this is that um we were commanded in uh In the book of of um, Exodus, right, that that the people are not to be counted. The people of Israel are not to be counted in person, only to be counted by means of their donations of shekels of half shekels to the to the temple, and and that the people would suffer if uh, census was was counted. Now, what's wrong with counting the people? This is a very difficult concept to understand. What's so bad? So, what's wrong with doing a census? The, now, w- this chapter gives us a hint as to what's wrong with doing a census, and this is, the, this is what the, the point is. A census in those days was generally done for military reasons, to count the people. The census in the Torah was always count the men above a certain age, the men that are able to go to war. It's explicitly stated in, all, in every census in the Torah that we're counting the men that are capable of war. So before a battle, it makes sense and it has a very important purpose. You need to know how many soldiers you have. So you, how do you divide them up? How to fight the war? What you know? How to develop strategy, etc. That makes sense and a purpose. A census in peacetime, although. Uh, nowadays, we have a census for various reasons, dividing up by, you know, the, the regions and government, etc., in, in different ways. There's a lot of reasons for a census, but it can also be arrogance. It could be something that a king does to count his people so that he can feel great knowing about how many people he rules over, how big his kingdom is. So the issue with ordering the census now, David sees the people, there, there's suffering, there's famine, and David wants to count the people. And count the people, and, and the, the evidence to uh, to support my contention here will be in David's reaction when the people get punished, and you'll see this shortly, several verses from now. But at this point, David then goes ahead and says, let's count the people. <coughs> And if you think of David in the context of the song that he sang at the beginning of the last chapter, I'm the great leader of the people. I bring sun and, and rain to the people. I'm like the one who brings and makes everything grow and wonderful, wonderful, but it's not so wonderful. The people are suffering. People are dying. But so David's reaction is let's count them. So, The king said to Yoav, who is his chief officer, with him, I want you to go and travel around among all of the tribes of Israel, me dun From Don again one hears a sense a hint of arrogance here. From all the way in the south to all the way in the north, I'm sorry, actually all the way in the north to all the way in the south, but same deal. and I want you to count all of the people via Dati so that I should know eight the number, the amount of people in the nation. Now I had, he said, I need to know the number because I need to know how to help, how to this. But he didn't say that. He just so that I should know, right? But the, the Yoav then said to the king, "May God add, uh, may the Lord your God add to the nation like the the amounts that they are, and even more like the amounts that they are. May I him a hundred times." The eyes of my master, the king, you can see. But my master, the king, what do you even want this for? In other words, what do you need this for? So Yoav is here criticizing the king. This is not the first time. Yoav, who was a close confidant of the king and was able to, you know, advise him, and Yoav says, "This is not important right now. This is not the issue right now." just to know how many people. So in other words, yeah, may you be powerful, may you have many, 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 many people, but you really need to know the number? Is that so important? So Yoav understood that this was not the right approach at this point. But the the commander of the king uh, was strengthened. In other words, he pushed Yoav, the El and he pushed the other officers of the army. So therefore, Yoav had to listen to his commander, the king, so his commander-in-chief. So he went out, Vasari and all of the other officers of the army, Lefneh they left the king's uh, uh, palace. They went out, Lefkoda, to Amet Yisrael, to count the people of the nation, people of Israel, Vayabrua, Tayardain. They went and they crossed the Jordan River, remember to count the people that were on the other side of the river, Vayachnuva, Aroer, and they camped in Aroer, Yamin to the right of the city, Asher Hagod, Yazer, which was in the God riverbed and yazer they went up to gilad and to the um land of and they went to Dan. so they went back to the other side they went all the way around to Tidon, sidon which is way up in the north to the people that lived all the way that far north tsar and they went to the fortress of tsar Tyre in the cities of the hivites and the canaanites uh, the simple understanding would be that these were nations that were subjugated under david's command so david was counting not just the people of israel but even the um, or it could mean the people that israelites that settled in the conquered towns of the Chivites, the Canaanites. but either way uh, David is getting a count of his kingdom by Yetsu El Negev Yehuda Ber and then they went to the south, uh, where Judah is, and and all the way down south to Sheva, by Ashutu and they spread out and traveled among the whole land by Avo Mitzay Tishachad Hashimi Yisrim Yom Yerushalayim, and at the end of nine months and twenty days, they came back to Jerusalem with the final count by and so Yoab gave the final count of the nation to the king, Vatihi Israel, and the people of Israel were Meot Ish Chayel Eight hundred thousand uh, men who were capable of drawing the sword of the people of Israel, the Yehuda. Remember by now the difference between the tribes of Israel and the tribes of, of Ju- and tribe of Judah was was already established this was something we've seen already now back in the book of judges days that the two had already developed distinct um, cultures, distinct identities, although they were united under David's um, rulership. and among the people of Judah were Hamesh Metelepis were five hundred thousand. By now the people of Judah are already getting closer and closer in number to all of the other tribes put together. It's still not quite as big, but getting close. And now David now um, had regret for what he did. Now he had the number. So instead of saying, wow, yeah, I have so many people under me, he realized this was a big mistake. This was unnecessary. Why did I do this? Just to make myself feel good? It doesn't feel so good when I do something just to make myself feel good. So, David. And David then turned to God and said, I have done a terrible sin that which I did. And now God, please, God, take away my the sin of your servant, Ki because I have done something so foolish. Right? David immediately realized, thinking that he was going to get buoyed by this great number that he's going to find out and he's going to feel all proud of himself, he realized that that was just pride and that what he had done was was dumb, was foolish, as the verse said. As, as David himself said, foolish. <laughs> and David then woke up after uh, you know, crying during the night and praying, as we just read. <laughs> and the Word of God had come to the Prophet God. This is the only place where we... Um, hear of this prophet, Jose David Laymar, and he was at this time the seer, the prophet of David, and God had spoken to, to God as follows. El David. Go and speak to David as follows. Ko amaradunai, So says God in answer to your prayer. Now think about this. David's pride in ordering this count, right, was a sin of pride, thinking of himself as this great leader. Once he realizes that it was a sin of pride, he turns to God and asks for forgiveness, he realizes how foolish he was. What David is about to realize is that being a leader is not just being a leader in this great, wonderful position and leading all these hundreds of thousands of people, but it also entails responsibility that when you do something foolish, the people suffer. It's a tremendous responsibility. It's not all 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 wonderful, great, wonderful stuff about bringing justice and righteousness and being the sun and the rain and all that stuff and being the anointed of God and the future and all these. But uh, that's all great and wonderful. But if you slip up and make a mistake, people will die, and that's the lesson David is about to learn. It's not. It's not. You may not suffer physically right away, but you will cause others to die. So David say to David I am giving you three choices. You choose one of those three and I will do it for you. And this is what, it's almost like a, a Sophie's choice, but well, choose between tragedy one, tragedy two or tragedy three, and all those tragedies are going to happen to the people that you're responsible for, to other people, and you're going to have to make that choice. And why is this to demonstrate to David that you, as a king, are responsible for other people and when you make choices and you make bad choices, other people suffer. And David uh, came, and God, God, the prophet, came to David and told him, Do you want that? Seven years of hunger should come in your land. ah. Uh, or um, will do you want that you should have three months that you're going to lose battles and run away from from your enemies while he's chasing you. or, or do you want three days of a plague that breaks out in your land. Atta now da you will um, uh, think no, think about this. And you will see Ma'ashiv Sholachi Davar, right? That, um, you know, God is saying, I want you to think about this question so that he that sent me, meaning God, what should I tell him? What is it that you want to do? So here we have um, a ter- terrible question David is being asked. Because of David's mistakes, the people are going to have to suffer. And what suffering should that be? Should that be suffering of famine <coughs> for seven years, suffering of <coughs> loss in battle, and the tremendous death and destruction that that entails for three months or three days of a terrible plague. <coughs> now, um, you know, so how is David going to approach this, this, this? And David approaches it in an in a, in a interesting way. One, someone could think well he might pick the shortest one maybe he'll pick you know <coughs> you know, um, which one is he going to pick so what is David going to say verse 14 so David said to God I am uh, I am in, in terrible pain I'm in a terrible situation um, please let us Fall into the hands of God, ki rabbim rachamov, because God is merciful. <laughs> but I do not want to fall into the hands of human beings. So what David is choosing <coughs> is the one that's in the hand of God, which is the the plague. The other two would necessitate David being uh, David and the people being subservient to others. The three, you know, the three months of losing in battle. Of course, he would put him in service of other human beings, at the mercy of other human beings. A hunger would obviously necessitate that the people turn to the surrounding nations for help for food. So basically, both of those would mean that they would be at the mercy of human beings. But a plague puts them at the mercy of God and God alone. And David says, I'd rather be in God's hands so that we can be subservient to him and pray to him for an end of the plague. And maybe we can find some way out of this. So, Israel, <coughs> and God began a plague among the people of Israel. From the morning until that, that specific time. Right? Vayamas dan shivim 70,000 people died among the people, all the way from the north to all the way in the south. Vayishlach <coughs> And when the angel, in other words, the death, of the plague, came to Jerusalem to destroy it. And God changed his mind over the evil and decided to end the plague. And he said to the angel that was destroying the people, in other words, this this uh the plague that was spreading among the people, Rav it's enough. Hold back your hand, don't do this anymore. At that point, to Malacha Haya and the plague stopped. People stopped dying when the plague reached the place of the granary of Aravna the Yavusi, which is, of course, we'll find out in a minute, the future site of the Holy Temple. And this is a really crucial, crucial verse here, which helps us understand this entire chapter and supports the reading which I have been making of this entire chapter and he said "He david said i am the one who sinned i am the one that had made a mistake and the sheep in other words my people and this is david speaking no longer as this grand king the mashiach the the anointed of god the light the sun the all this grand stuff that he said in the last chapter but he's talking himself as a, as a shepherd over his sheep which is a much, much more humble a much more humble uh, image. And it's the image that David started out when he was just a plain, simple shepherd, looking at his people. And because of my decision, because of my mistake, the tone the sheep, the beautiful, wonderful sheep, what did they do wrong? If you're going to make someone suffer, make me suffer, make my father's house suffer. In other words, Beis is saying, you know, my family, David is basically saying, give up the, take away the kingship from me. What did I, how, you know, I'm responsible, and because of me, and this was the most humbling uh, response to the arrogance that we heard last time, David realizing that my mistakes as king, my being arrogant, my thinking that I'm great, my wanting to count the people and show how great I am because how many people I rule over, if that's the way I act, then People will suffer. The people will die. Why make other people die for my mistakes? Punish me, David says. But that's not what happened. By And God said David by to David on that day and he said You still have a job to do. And the way to do this is to start leading the people in the right way. Lead the people back to God. And to do that get ready for the establishment of the temple at that spot, that spot where the plague stopped, right? And, and establish an altar there. And David went up as God had told him and as God had commanded. Aravna, And Aravna, the owner of the granary, this Jebusite who had the granary, uh, saw, and he saw the king and his servants of Rima Love that were coming towards him. Va'yetzeh Aravna va'yistachvu la'melach puvardzah and Aravna, the owner of the granary, came out and bowed to the king, down to the with his face to the ground. Va'yomer Aravna and Aravna said, "Ma'du abo adoni a'melach avdo? Why is my master, the king, coming to his servant?" Va'yomer David David said, "Liknot me me'emcha t'agoren because I want to purchase from you this granary. Liknot misbe'achla donai to build an altar to God vatehatsar ha'magevam me'ala am so that the plague will stop." For, and it won't continue past this point, <coughs> and it won't continue killing people in the nation. And Aravna said to David, Let the master take it, and let him do as he, he pleases. Now there's no need to buy it. Here, here is um, cattle for the, for the offering. And here's what you need. The boards of the threshing floor. You can use all of this for the wood to bring the sacrifice. HaKolNasan Aravna HaMelech HaMelech HaMelech, right? Um, the, uh, um, everything Aravna gave to the king for the king. And Aravna said to the king, Adonai the Lord your God, um, uh, act kindly to you, uh, do well to you. In other words, and stop this plague. Byomer Amalech Halaravna, the king said to Aravna, "Lo, I'm not going to take this as a present, but I'm going to buy it for a price, so that this spot will have been purchased legitimately. No one will ever be able to say that the king took it or Aravna gave it not willingly. But here is the money for it." I'm not going to give God things that I didn't pay for, things that, uh, that you know, things that weren't paid for, but olot, sacrifices that are free. And so therefore David paid for the granary of Yatabakar, and he paid for the cattle, and was willing, because Aravno was uh, uh, willing to give it on his own, for 50, <coughs> um, Silver shekels, but even David LaDonai, and David built there a um, a altar to God. VaYaal Shlamim, and he brought uh, offerings of, of of sacrifices, burnt sacrifices, and peace offerings. and God responded to the people's uh, prayers. and the plague ended from the people of Israel. <coughs> so the book of Samuel here ends with the purchase. Uh, with David fulfilling his real purpose. Until now, David's accomplishments were almost all military accomplishments, military achievements. (coughs) Um, Here we see that what God wanted from David ultimately was to uh, begin the process of bringing the people to focus their attention on the temple of God, to the worship of God, and for fulfilling God's uh, uh, desires and, and way of life upon this world. Thus concludes the book of Samuel. Thank you so much for studying the book of Samuel together with me. I really appreciate those of you that listened. I know that during this book, um, I had to take a few breaks. Uh, but uh, but uh, hopefully we will soon start the book of Kings, which we're going to s- study together next. And looking forward to studying the book of Kings together with you. And after that, continuing on. Until we complete all of Nevi'im and Ketuvim, all of the prophets and the writings, um, as we have studied together now for several years, have a wonderful day.